0: Good to be here this morning. It's wonderful to be able to speak to people about the Word of God. Which brings me to ask you Did you talk to anyone about God this week? Did you have the opportunity to speak to anyone? Why didn't But the good thing about it, is, we've entered into a new week. We got the same God, the same Word, that we can talk to people about God I'm talking about meeting people. How many times have you met people you probably done yourself? Just ask them a simple question. How you doing? How are you feeling? When well, someone asks you how are you doing or how are you feeling, it's just normal to say, Well I'm fine, I'm good, but sometimes we really do not mean what we're saying. We feel like we are compelled to say that we're fine when someone asks out of courtesy, even if we're not what we say we are. But God wants us to have a faith that no matter the circumstances, we can honestly say all is well. Would we'll open your Bible this morning in Second Kings chapter four. We're going to take a look at this faith looks like. Brother Clay touched it pretty close this morning a couple of times in the lesson. Brother Reagan touched on it quite regularly in his songs, and I appreciate both of them on that one. Second Kings chapter 4. Let's look at verses 1 through 7 where he talks about pays your debts. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophet and Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, and dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. <clears throat> and Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid have not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of, the of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So when she went from him, and shut the door upon upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more and the oil stayed. Verse seven says, Then she said, Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou, and thy children of the rest. We see here, it tells us that a wife's husband had died, and he was one of the prophets who had served under Elisha. Now, but now a creditor had come to take her two children. To be a slave. Now the law of Moses didn't allow for the wives and the children to be sold for non payment of debt. Exodus 21 and 7. Exodus 21 and 7. But we get the picture that the creditor is coming to forcibly take the children. Now remember that her sons would be the only way that she could be taken care of in this ancient Near Eastern times. We get a picture that the widow's homes are being devoured as Jesus condemned, even in the first century when he was teaching in Israel, Mark 12 and 40, Mark 12 and 40, Luke 20 and 47, Luke 20 and 47. So this witness goes to Elijah crying out for relief. She is completely helpless in her circumstance. Her debts are real, and the payments need to be made. But there is nothing that she can do. Now, I love Elijah's response because it truly represents the heart of our God. Elijah wants to know what he can do to help Then he asks what she has in the house. He is going to use whatever this widow has to give her relief. She responds that she has nothing except a small jar of oil. In our human eyes, we would say, you're in trouble. That small jar of oil is not going to help you at all. But this woman had faith in God. Elijah tells her to gather as many empty jars from her neighbor as she can. Then pour your oil into each jar until they are full. Now, if we look at the Naaman effect on this, when you told her to do something, we would have said, oh, my God, it's a small jar. Why, what am I going to do with all these empty jars that I'm borrowing why do I need to get all the trouble? I need to be out doing a job where I can make some money. But this woman had faith, and that's what it takes. So he told her to get all these jars. Then pour your oil in the east jar until they are full. After she does it, she comes back to Elijah and tells him that she has done what he had asked. She has been instructed to sell the oil, to pay all her debts, and still live on the rest. You might have noticed that this is very similar to what Elijah did for the widow recorded in 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 8 through 16. In her case, the flower did not run out through the whole time of the famine because she listened to the voice of Elijah. Now, Elisha is pictured as carrying the spirit of Elijah and continuing God's saving work in Israel. This is also a picture of our God and the redemptive work of Jesus. Jesus had come to pay our debts that we are not enslaved. This would have simply showed faith and enjoyed the benefits of trust and Elijah's words. <clears throat> now, 2 Kings chapter 4. Let's look a little further down. Verses 8 through 17. We're talking about giving life. Starting in verse 8, it says, And it fell on a day that Elijah passed to Shunem. Where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continuously. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there in bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes to us that he shall turn him thither. And it fell on the day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Jehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, he stood; she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this case. What is, it, what is to be done for thee? Would it thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Jehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, "Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid." And the woman conceived and bare a son. At that season, that Elijah had sent unto her according to the time of life. We see here in the next picture is a woman who appears to be in the opposite condition. Now, this woman seems to be a prominent woman with financial means, but what she does with her wealth is feed Elijah every time he passes by. Notice her understanding regarding Elisha. She knows that Elisha is the holy man of God. We've seen here in chapter uh, 4, verse 9 2 Kings. So she determines to make a room for Elisha so that he has a place to stay when he passes by. Now notice that Elisha did not ask for any of these things. She is willingly providing for the prophet of Israel it's interesting to see a woman providing for Elijah because it is foreshadowing what we see happening in the days of Jesus when it was the women who financially provided for him Luke chapter 8 verse 3 Luke 8 and 3 also Matthew 27 and 55 Matthew chapter 27 verse 55 so Elijah wants to know what he can do for this woman who is using her resources and time to provide for him She indicates that she does not need anything. She was not looking for the man of God to do something back for her. She is doing this simply because she knows he is a holy man of God. Elijah's servant, Jehaziah, notes that she does not have a son and her husband is old. The implication is that it would not be long before she will be in need. When her husband dies, she has no children and therefore does not have anyone to care for her once he dies. So Elijah announces to her to about this time next year she is going to hold a son in her arms. Chapter 4 verse 16. Kings. She is amazed by the declaration. Clearly they have been unable to have children. But now life is going to be given to this family. God seeks to give life to his people. Now let's go on down second Kings chapter four, verses eighteen through thirty seven. Eighteen through thirty seven says And when the child was grown it fell in a day. Then he went out to his father to the reapers, and he said unto his father, My head, my head, and he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, she sat her her knees up he sat upon her knees till noon and then died. <clears throat> she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the doors unto him and went out. And she called him to her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the others that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she sat at the house and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slack so like not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So when she went and came unto the man of God, to Mount Carmel, and it came to pass, when the man of God saw her far off, he said to Jehaziah his servant, Behold, yonder is Sh- Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, It is well with thee. Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hills, she called him by the feet. But Jehazah came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord had hid it from me, and had not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Jehaziah, Gird up thy loins, take my staff in thy hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay thy staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, If the Lord liveth, and if thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. As he arose and followed her. And Jehazah passed on before them, and laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him, and told him, saying, The child is not awake. And when Elijah was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead, and laid upon his bed. He went in therefore, and shut the door upon him, and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and laid upon the child and put his mouth upon the mouth and his, his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands and he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked to the, to the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him and the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. <clears throat> and he called Jehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was coming to to him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself at the ground and took up her son and went out. We see here that conditions being reversed. We see here that something something unexpected happens. The promised child suddenly has pain in his head and then dies. Then dies, we're told him verses 19 through 20, chapter 4. <clears throat> that would be something that would really work on your faith. It would really be trying. The woman said, I didn't ask for a son. You told me I was going to have one, but now he's taken from me. Why should I keep on? But she didn't. She kept her faith. The woman takes her dead son, lays him on the bed that Elijah used when he stayed at her house. She calls for her husband to prepare a donkey and get a servant ready so that she can quickly go to the man of God and then come back. And he asked her, why was, why was she going to him now? It's not a festival day or the Sabbath. And she simply responds out, all is well, verse 23. So she sets out to see the man of God at Mount Carmel. Now if we were in this lady's predicament, our son laid dead as we see it in the bed. Would we say all is well? It shows here her faith. we got to strive to enlarge our faith in God. So she sits out to see the man of God at Mount Carmel. Now it's interesting to see that Elijah is at Mount Carmel, the place where the fire of God came down with Elijah calling for the people to turn to the true and the living God. And then we see that it tells us in the distance Elijah labored able to see the woman coming. And he sent his servant Gehazi to meet her to see if everything is all right. She tells Gehazi that all is well just as she had told her husband. But when she gets to Elijah, she falls at his feet. Jehaziah is about to push her off from but Elijah tells him to leave her alone because he can see that she is in great distress. But the Lord has not revealed this to Elijah, what the problem is. She says that she did not ask for a son, but also said to not get her hopes up when Elijah did promise a son. Elijah tells Jehazi to go with his staff and place the staff on the face of the child. Now, however, this woman would not go with Jehazah, but makes a note that she would not leave him. So Elijah follows the woman while Jehazah runs ahead to the house where the son lies, lies dead. Now Jehazah gets to the house first, and he does exactly what Elijah said to do he put the staff on the son's face but there was no sign no sound or sign of life so jehazi runs back to elijah who is still on his way he tells him that the child is not awakened when elijah arrives he stretched himself out over the child until the child awakens and sneezes seven times This sneezes seven times. You know that number seven. How many times was Naaman told to go dip? Seven. But they call for the woman who falls at the feet of Elijah, and then she takes up her son into her arms. And you might have noticed that this also parallels Elijah. When Elijah raised a widow's son, as recorded in 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 17 through 24. 1 Kings 17, 17 through 24. Again, we are seeing that Elijah is carrying on the work of Elijah, possessing the authority and the spirit of Elijah as he continues God's redemptive work in Israel. But we are also seeing another picture of our God who reverses conditions. God is able to override the power of death and give life to the dead we see this power in Jesus who also raises a daughter from the dead Matthew 9, and Matthew 9 and 24 raises a son from the dead Luke 7 and 14 Luke 7 and 14 as well as the lesson we probably all learned as children John 11 40 and 44 John 11 40 and 44 as he raised Lazarus From the dead. Also notice the point that Jehaza fails to raise the child. But Elijah is able to raise the child. Well, that makes us think go back to Matthew 17, 14 and 21. Matthew 17, 14 and 21. When it happened, Jesus and his disciples. His disciples were unable to cast out a powerful demon. But Jesus was able to do so. <clears throat> Let's read a little time around. Let's read a little further down. In chapter four, verses thirty-eight through forty-one. We'll see where he heals his people. Chapter thirty-eight through forty-one. He said, Then Elijah came again to Gilgal, and there was a dirt in the land, and the sons of the prophet were sitting before him, and he said unto his servant, Sit on the great pot and seeing the pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather earth and found a wide vine and gathered thereof wild gores, his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage. For they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass that they were eating in the pottage, that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. But he said, Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot, and he said, Pour out for the people, that they may eat, and there was no harm in the pot. The fourth the fourth picture that we uh, we're seeing here is the healing power of Elijah. Elisha returns to Gilgad during a famine. The famine in the region yet indicates God's displeasure with Israel. Elisha is meeting with the company of the prophets, but Jehaziah put on a pot of stew for him, but once the stew was made, the men began to eat and declared that there was death in the pot. Something poisonous had accidentally been gathered while collecting gourd for the stew. Elijah put flour in the pot, and there was no harm in the pot. What appears to be strange miracles are declarations of the power of God. And what God has come to do through Elisha. Elisha has come to heal Israel. Yet again we see a picture of Jesus who is able to remove the death from the pot. Jesus came to heal his people. Then we see on Father now, chapter 4 verses 42 and 44 talks about feeds his people. Verse 42 of chapter 4, 2 Kings said, And there came a man from Baal Shalisheshah who brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley, and four full ears of corn, and the husks thereof. And he said, Give unto the people that they may eat. And his servant said, What shall I set this before a hundred men? He said again, Give the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, They shall eat, and shall leave thereof. So he said it before them, and they did eat, and left thereof, according to the word of the Lord. The final picture shows Elisha feeding his people. A man comes from town called Belshalasha. Probably butchered that one, but... This name should be striking to us, considering... It seems that this man is coming from a town in Israel. Imagine this. A town in Israel named for a false god, Baal. This is how wicked things happen. in Israel. But he brings Elijah 20 loaves of barley bread. Elijah said, Get us to the people to eat. Now, Jehazi, Jehazi retorts, How can I set this before 100 men? The point is, this is not close to enough feed, food to feed a hundred men. But Elijah repeats to him command to give it to the people and eat and there would be some left over. So they eat and there was bread left over. Just as the word of the Lord had declared. Our God can satisfy his people. Give them what they need. It's not hard for us to see parallel to Jesus in this activity of Elijah. We know from child Bible studies and all that Jesus fed 5,000 people. He fed 4,000 people. Remember, the disciples also said that the loaves and the fish were not enough to feed the multitude. But the multitude was fed, and there was plenty of food left over remaining after they were all full. Now we can say, you know, it's a good story. They enjoyed it. What can I learn from? So, in the last few minutes left, I want to hurry up and show us a little bit of the applications that we can get out of this. First off, God wants us to have an all is well faith. I thank Brother Reagan for singing the song for me. Did you see that? That in this woman, when her son dies, she's got that all is well faith. She tells her husband, all is well. She tells Jehazi, when he comes to her, all is well. Was she lying to each of them? I don't think so. I believe she is showing an all is well faith. A faith that each and every one of us needs to strive to obtain. Why does she tell her husband that all is well? Because she knows that all will be well when she gets to Elisha. Why does she tell Jehazi that all is well? Because she knows that all will be well when she gets to this man of God, Elisha. Why does she not go with Jehazi but stays with Elijah, even though Jehazi was gone on to heal her son? You'd think that she'd want to be there the time the son woke up. Because she knows that all will be well if she is with this man of God, Elisha. In closing, how did she come to have this common, all is well faith? I'm glad you asked. Because she knew this God She knows God that pays our debts, brings us life, reverses condition, gives us healing, feeds us until we are more than satisfied. She can put her life in God's hand because she knows that this God, and she knows the man of God. This is why she has taken care of him and will not leave him. Because he pays our debts, he brings us life, reverses our condition of death. Gives us healing and feeds us until we are satisfied. It don't say it just gives us something to nibble on or a snack. It said to give us until we are satisfied, until we are full. No matter what happens, we can be free from life crippling anxiety because we serve a God who cares for each and every one of us. Did you see that in this chapter? We have a God that cares for each and every one of us. God keeps wanting to do for His people. No one is having to beg God to act. God is acting for His people. Actively seeking their well-being and blessing them as no one else can. Nor does God ask for what you have not have. All is well. Faith understands that God is not asking too much of us. He just wants us to rest in Him. Trust in Him with whatever circumstances we face. Perhaps this is why we to the song, It is Well with My Soul. The song speaks about our difficulties, but after each verse declares, It is Well with My Soul. God is with you no matter what happens. Bold faith says that all is well because I have a Savior. And he would take care of whatever is happening to me today. So if you didn't be baptized, and get this all-as-well attitude. Maybe you've already been baptized, but you have stepped out of God's way. You need the prayers, the encouragements of the congregation. You need to work on obtaining this all-as-well attitude with our Heavenly Father. We ask you to come forward as this time and we stand to sing our song